Hi guys, welcome back to the Let God Podcast. Woo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're here with me, Bonipa. Me, Mary Hannah. Me, Ayafa. Me, Chazil. And me, Samuel. Whoop, whoop. So, oh as God. you guys can hear, we got some baritone mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We got a bit of testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are talking about kind of marriage and family and fatherhood and all that good stuff. And we thought, you know, what better guests than our sensible male friends? So, we have with mm-hmm. us Jazeel. Say hi, Jazeel. Hey. Hi, and we have Samuel. Say hi, Sam. Hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. <laughs> so yeah, we're just gonna be getting into the meat of the topics. You already know how we do, but before we start, we're gonna open with a word of prayer. Okay, awesome. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being here with us um, tonight and just for the opportunity that we have to talk about marriage and futures and all the sort of relationship stuff. And we ask that as we um, I'll just discuss this together that you would lead us in conversation and help us to just reflect your heart about um, marital unions, Father, and the relationships that exist between men and women in society. And we pray that it will touch the hearts of our listeners, Father, and just be an enjoyable episode. In your name I prayed. Amen. Amen. So, guys, as you know, before we start our episodes, we have a little icebreaker. So for today, because we usually get put on us, but we usually have to answer these questions. We're going to grill the boys instead. So Samuel <laughs> and Jazeel, we are going to ask you three important questions. I'm going to save the trickiest one till last. So let's start off easy. OK, question one is what would your dream gift be from a partner? Well, um for me i i like to do things so my ideal gift would be a cheeky getaway um Ooh, you know i love that let's go and uh, let's go and do something let's go and climb some mountains let's go oh. to an out let's go to even outdoor. activities yeah. maybe you lost me there <laughs> <laughs> an outdoor, outdoor adventure said oh let's just let's just take a break and just chill you know um in somerset you know in a little in a little with a place mm. that that's that's cool for me yeah i love that, I love that. Mm. ladies have you heard it's a quality time babe on the house, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um same question to you jazil yeah so i think mine would be similar because um i did this quiz once and i found out that my love language was quality time so yeah <gasps> so that oh. would be yeah, like a getaway, holiday, something like that. I love that. Yeah. You heard it here okay. first. Two quality time, babe. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not even a quality time. Um, what are you, Samuel? I'm an act of service, actually. Um, oh, really? But for me, obviously, the fact that you just thought about doing something for me like that, like, mm. you know, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next question is, this kind of follows on nicely. What is your ideal vacation destination mm. i'll let you see answer this one first <laughs> for me it's going to be like either somewhere with views so like new zealand or somewhere like that um, mm. yeah just i, I think Great. because you know like just admiring god's creation and you know oh. being there oh, wow like wow <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love then, that. I love that. And then maybe Rome, because uh, I just the, mm. cult, the culture, the food, it's just mm. yeah, yeah just, Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. 
How about you, Sam? Um, I would have to say Paris. Um, mm. France. Oh, city of love. Ka- kind of stereotypical. Um, I went to Paris, but I went with my boys. Um, so it was kind of like a last trip. And like Paris is a bit like London, so it was cool. Um, we had fun. But I always said, you know what? I would love to be able to take a girl there. Mm. And, oh, one day. Um, just enjoy my time with a girl in Paris. In Jesus' name. That's lovely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay, and now on to the final icebreak question. <laughs> what do you look for in a wife? Feel free to be as general or specific as you like. The floor is yours. I hope Hello. our listeners are taking notes. As in, <laughs> oh yeah, bring notepads. <laughs> get get the list out. Um, no. Um, for me, I'd say there's there's three things I'd identify um, amongst. Of course, there's a lot of things, um, but I feel like the three um, top things for me um, is God fearing. Um, Amen. Like she she has to love God. Um, and she has to love God more than me. Um, mm. And with that God-fearingness comes that um, that spiritually yoked. Um, mm. We're on the same place spiritually and we're, our trajectory yeah. in which we aspire to go to is the same. Um, the second part for me is ambitious and intelligent. Whether that's academic or entrepreneurial, um, I love a good babe who has her head screwed on and knows what she wants from life, you know. As much as I'm here to provide, you're not gonna leech off me and <laughs> and what I have. You know, you, you gotta bring your own to the table, man. Love that. Um, and the third part, um, it just loves me for me. Um, I, I I need I need I need some loving, man. And I, I, you want you want a girl that just loves you um, and takes takes me, Samuel, as I am. Um, with mm-hmm. all my past, all my mistakes, but all my all my good parts as well. Do you know what so, I mean? Oh yeah, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is so, oh, this is so oh come on, guys, get a grip. No, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually too. Much. Okay, think, same question to you, Jazil. I think Samuel might have outdone me there, but um, <laughs> I, I think um, so. Firstly, I think friendship. What I look for is friendship, um, mm. um, and then like similar understanding. So, mm. kind of goes with the point of um, like spiritual, where you are spiritually as well. Um, yeah. As Sam said, and also, um, like the Bible, having the Bible at the centre of the relationship is key, mm. um, and God at the centre. So yeah, that would be yeah, that would, that would, yeah, that's what I'd, I'd look for. Amazing. Mm. I love that. Yeah. So now that, that you guys know you guys and everybody listening knows everybody and whatever, <laughs> let's get into the real tea for today. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, we're talking about like marriage, family, fatherhood, motherhood. Well, not motherhood. We'll do that in another episode probably or something. But yeah, who wants to kick off asking the first question? So we are obviously not married yet. And personally, I didn't think I was of marriageable age until my friend got married last year. And I was like, oh, it's going a bit fast. (laughs) So I guess we have to think about these things. But to you guys, um, what does a healthy home look like? Or I guess an ideal family type situation? Um, 
again. I do things in like threes. I don't know why. Um, but like this is just like three, three four. Is a spiritual number. Mm, yeah, the Trinity. Yeah, it's true. Mm, period. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my three is firstly, you know, love. Um, mm. It's got to be love in the marriage, man. You know, um, love for God primarily. But love for each other throughout the marriage and it, it's constant um it's constant loving i saw an instagram post the other day um of these two people i know that have got married and um i think it was like their seventh year of being married and they were just basically saying oh like loads of people told us that marriage is going to be hard it's going to be difficult etc etc and they were just like no it's not it's easy when you guys love each other mm-hmm. and i just thought about it and thought that's refreshing to actually hear that when you continue to love on each other you know i feel like it makes it well, hopefully it makes it easier. Um, mm. The second part I would say is transparency. So just being open and honest with your, like, I want my I want my wife to be my best friend, like my literal best friend. Mm. You know that mm. being able to speak your mind um, and obviously speak it respectfully, but to be able to tell your deepest fears, your deepest regrets, you know the high points of your life as well, and just be able to share, and um, that. Mm. Um, the third part I would say is a healthy home is a home that's financially stable. Um, please. Mary Hannah said period. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, like, the bills have to be paid for, the mortgage has to be paid. Do you know what I mean? But we also need three holidays a year. In Jesus' name, we say amen. 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 <laughs> Let the church say. <laughs> so, yeah, I think as a guy, you know, naturally you do want to provide for your family. Um and when it comes to my kids, just make sure that they have even more than my parents gave to me. Um, and that, and then the last part I would say is sex um, and lots of it, please, um, because <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, oh my you know, God. If, we're, if, if we're abstaining, if we're abstaining from sex, you know, when it's time for the Lord, and the Lord says, you know, it's Paul time. Say that, to be fair. Yeah, be it's, fruitful it, and multiply, child. Do you get? Let, let, <laughs> let's actually, let's actually be fruitful. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how you see Samuel with an army of children. Of, like, no, I don't even really want the, the, that many kids like that. But we just need to be able to have. I think a healthy sex life is important to a marriage. You know, I, mm. you, I just feel you know people be like they. 10 years, 15 years down the line, they have sex like once every like three months. I just think, oh gosh. <laughs> you know, Samuel is actually the um, person that sent me the video of um, Dr. Charles and Stephanie Knight. Oh yeah, you know, we the... really liked that. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. cuties. Um, yes. And same question to you, Jazil. Um, Please may you repeat the question, Kylie. What does a healthy home or an ideal family look like? Okay, so I feel so with a healthy home, I feel like it's a family that who's like whose thinking, ideas and decisions are influenced by God, um, mm-hmm. and having also having like a deep desire to follow God. So, in terms of like, I don't know if I'm qualified to talk about marriage like that because you know, I yeah um yeah. You <laughs> know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not experienced, but. In terms of family, um, instilling a deep desire to follow God, um, mm-hmm. um, and also looking um, because you know God, you know we're derived from God, so looking to looking 
put instructions um, mm. from where we're derived from. Because um, um, also, like in Proverbs, you know, submit all your ways unto him and he will make your path straight. So, yeah, um, sense of, um, you know, looking, yeah, just looking to God really um, is my simple answer. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. What about you guys? I have not thought about this properly, I don't think. So you guys go, <laughs> so I can think. Okay. I just say one point. Like it's not I don't know if like the most important one, but it's just the one that off my head is oneness. Mm. Just like making decisions as one. And like I never want to be in a situation where like my kids are going through something or my partner's going through something and then they mention it and like I never knew that like that is something that I wouldn't want to happen in my family so yeah when this Mm -hmm. is important and that kind of links with uh, what Jazeel said about like making decisions through God Mm -hmm. um I think for me as I am feel speaking the one word that comes to mind is just commitment I think I'm like, I'm very much a facts and figures type of babe when it comes to like the practicalities of marriage. So like hearing that like 50% of marriages, I think both inside and outside of the church and in divorce is just not really encouraging. And so I'm just here for commitment and not commitment like through thick and thin, meaning like infidelity and like hell and high water. I mean like commitment through like the general like twos and throws of life. So, you know, like children, jobs, losses, things like that. I really value that. And even commitment, like um, when you guys aren't seeing eye to eye, I think it's just like sort of like as um, I have said, oneness is so important and you can't be one if you guys are like not committed to like being one, if that makes sense. If you're mm-hmm. committed to like you as an, as an individual and not you as like a partner or part of a whole, then I think um, ideas and beliefs and things like that will clash. So commitment for me. And I think commitment comes with a mutual respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you know, as Mary Hannah says, you know, fifty percent of marriages end up in divorce, and I feel like the 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 slope to you know breakdowns, and this is not necessarily like in marriages, but also relationships as well. As we look to date and move into that section of our lives, is that once you lose respect for each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> you open the door for a lot to happen because you are no mm-hmm. longer even considering the other person and their feelings in mm. whatever your actions are. So respect is respect is um, really important and that helps to stay committed. That helps to be one with the person. Um, so yeah. yeah, respect as well. Mm. So we've talked a little bit about like marriage and how we see like the broad scope of like family life, um, what we would like that to look like. But for you guys specifically, what does loving your wife the way Christ loved the church mean to you? And like, what does that look like? Yeah, so um, I'd say loving unreservedly um, mm-hmm. and also sacrifice because, um, you know, that was the essence of why Christ came to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so sacrifice. Um and serving as well, mm. and yeah, so yeah, it's just sacrifice and serving. I had, yeah, yeah. So yeah, pass on to Sam. I have forgiveness at like the top. Um, I think it's so important in a relationship that there is a a constant, just constant forgiveness. Um, no mm. one's perfect marriage is actually it's a journey and through that journey 
there are ups and downs. No one's perfect. Again, I've said it literally just a couple of seconds ago. There are times when your partner is going to do wrong by you. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, Mary Hannah was talking about earlier, it's not the infidelity wrong or, you know, all of them things where, you know, they're beating you up or, but, you know, there's times where they don't consider your feelings or um, they might say something that's a bit sensitive. Um, but to be able to just have an open dialogue with your partner, again, just talk and forgive um, and say, you know what, this hurt me. I didn't like when you did this or you might have made this decision without considering this part or you didn't speak to me on or consult me on this issue. And to be able to put your hand up and say, you know what, I'm sorry. Um, and then just move forward. Um, mm. So that's, I feel like, because Christ forgives us constantly, you know. Think about like going through our own Christian journeys and... <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like it's constant. In the day, I'm just like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry again. Or, <laughs> you know, like, it's me, yeah. oh, Lord, you know, oh, I've messed up again. And Christ has always forgiven us constantly, constantly. So mm. we also mm. have to, if we're trying to be like Christ and mold into our characters, we have to forgive other people. And that includes us and um, our spouse as well. And um, patience, um, I think it's key as well. Um, so like, if you don't have patience, marriage isn't for you. <laughs> you know um <laughs> girls i don't even know not even girls women hmm they test my patience man <laughs> oh wow <laughs> you need to testify for us samuel <laughs> and so patience to understand each other's points of views and where you guys are coming from mm. because a lot of the time neither of you are wrong you're just coming from different places <laughs> Yeah. and yeah. that's what I feel that's a, that's a that's a big gem that I took from um, a previous relationship um, and also from you know my friends as well my female friends um, patience um, yeah I will leave, I will stop at those two <laughs> <laughs> um, how about to to you girls because you know obviously the passage that we were referring to in that in that question comes from Ephesians chapter five. I don't have the exact verse, but we know obviously the converse of that or the the precursor to that. I wouldn't necessarily say the precursor, but the preceding verse to that is um, wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So I guess directly yes. to you guys, what does submission look like to you? Um, yeah, I think this is definitely a question for the ladies because as Mary Hannah said in one of our earlier episodes, you know, it wasn't an instruction to men, so the way that some men try to enforce that, just hey, hey, hey. Up, face your own instruction. We, face we'll your talk. Own we'll talk about that we'll, one, man. We'll talk about that we'll, one. Oh, we will absolutely <laughs> we well. because research was well. researched. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on this podcast, we like to get deep into the topic. So, what do you guys think about that? Mm. I think for me. I, we spoke about this a bit on our collab last season with the TB, TBH girls, or TB His Podcast girls. Um, and sort of to echo what you've already said, Winipa, like, the, the thing about submission, at least how it's been translated into, I guess, current our contemporary society, it sounds like surrender. And if you're one, how how are one of, how is one of you surrendering? That That's a battle. And a marriage isn't a battle. It's a union. So if if I'm quote unquote surrendering to your will, then it's it's not a marriage. Like this is this is like a business transaction, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I think of submission, I think for me, I mean, we discussed this last night in our group chat, and like Monique and I were speaking about this for literally like two hours because it's just like <laughs> what's going on, right? Um, 
I think for me where I'm currently at, I think submission is trusting my husband whenever I get there, if I get there enough to, (laughs) sorry, trusting my husband enough to make the decisions that he wants to make and lead our family in the way that he wants, he believes he should lead our family. Um, And understanding that how I feel about that is also compatible with how he feels, but that God is also God enough to save us from ourselves when we mess up either as individuals making a decision for our family or together. I hope that makes sense. Um, I don't, I, when it comes to like the technical terms, we spoke about this again in our group chat of complementarianism and egalitarianism. I don't think I'm either. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I don't believe that your sex we should define our sexes by their limitations. I think they should be defined by mm. their specificities. So to say mm. that there are some things that women just cannot do by the very fact that they're women doesn't make sense to me, especially when God has used donkeys, a random hand on a wall, pillars of cloud, pillars of fire to speak to his children throughout history. Like if mm-hmm. he, he stops at a person with a womb, like I, I don't think that's, that's <laughs> really <laughs> biblical or true. Um, but I also don't believe that sex and gender or however you want to understand those concepts should be completely erased. Like God made me woman and made me black and made me all of those other identities. But as I was telling the girls yesterday, like those are not the impulse of my purpose. Like my blackness doesn't make me, my womanness doesn't make me God does. So he will use that as much as I let him. But at the same time, I'm not going to allow that to be the limit of what I can be and who I can be in this marriage. So that's how I understand submission trusting my husband enough to like allow him to be who God calls him to be, but also understanding that God is God enough to save us from ourselves. That's how I understand mm. submission. Mm. Mm. I know my thing with submission, I don't, I don't really think about it too much, especially because I very much believe that it's a thing for marriage. Mm. So I, I don't know what the obsession is with like, Christians that aren't married yet talking about it that much because like it's not something that we're asked to practice before we get into marriage wow. like you're meant to submit to your husband not submit to your boyfriend or even oh, fiance so um but I see it as um just a state of humility mm. and it goes back to what I said before about oneness and like the whole point of marriage is to becoming one so laying aside um like self-centeredness for the good of the unit. Yeah. That is what yeah. I see submission as. Yeah, I agree 100%. I would um definitely echo those things, especially Mary Hannah's point about, you know, our sex or gender not being a limitation and being a medium through which God can work through you. I think marriage like the coming together of the the couple is ultimately meant to be a reflection of Christ and his church. And so I think the purpose of that union is to bring glory to God. So I think whenever we discuss these things, we need to remember that that's the ultimate purpose Mm. and picture of marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you bear that in mind, I would say a thing for like husbands is that you wouldn't see submission as something like if the purpose of that union is to bring glory to God, why would submission look like something that diminishes your wife or like makes Mm -hmm. her feel inferior or has the effect of breaking her i think Mm -hmm. it's really important to remember that the first instruction that we get in ephesians 5 in relating to the marital home in ephesians 5 21 is submit 
to one another out of reverence for Christ. So I think yeah. that's the first thing to remember is that I think the marriage is about mutual sacrifice and a mutual understanding that both of us are underneath God, like God is first the priority, the center and everything. And I think also, um, I think the idea is something like, you guys obviously will know from the group chat and stuff like that like submission like I this one had my head spinning like I was I was like looking into it for ages and stuff like that and like we said in one of our earlier episodes we're never ones to try to submit um God's words or God's will for our own human understanding like I'm always open to growing and learning but I do very much think that the idea of submission and loving your wife the way Christ loved the church I think them being placed together is very intentional. And I think mm-hmm. it kind of symbolizes this um, symbiotic, not necessarily um, identical, but this equal thing that's going on here, this like similar idea. Because I was thinking about, you know, what Christ did for the church was sacrificial and laying aside his own will to bring glory to God. Because right before yeah. he dies, you know, even Jesus was saying, Father, you know, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Otherwise, you know, not my will, but yours be done. So we can see that there was a laying aside of even Jesus himself, like him, I guess, putting aside himself for the greater good. And equally, the the church, we constantly have to submit to Christ and we have to put aside our own selfish desires and what we might want and feel like is the right direction for our lives in order to submit to the will of Christ. So I think there's definitely this this thing going on where both involve love and respect and ultimately laying a, laying down one's own pride for God, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. And yeah. I haven't worked out the deets, but yeah. And I, I, I want to read First um, Peter 3, First um, Peter 3 verse 7, and it says, Ye husbands, in like manner, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honour unto the woman as unto the weaker vessel, as being also joint heirs of the grace of life to the end that your prayers be not hindered. So I find it very strange when um, men use, you know, Ephesians, um, Ephesians 5 to iron rod women, you know, and Mm -hmm. use it to essentially say, I am the man, I will lead in this way and you must follow. Your feelings are not to be considered and they use it to basically beat down and bash women. And basically say that mm-hmm. they can do whatever they want. But mm-hmm. in First Peter, we read here and Peter's saying, listen, if we, as men, as husbands, if we don't love our wives, our prayers, it says, to the end that your prayers be not hindered. If we are not mm-hmm. loving our wives as men, our prayers to God will not even be heard. I'll be <laughs> deep, like, I hope you've heard well. <laughs> it's deep it's deep so you know it, it, it's important that you know as as husbands um, and as men we are submitting ourselves to god and leading um and leading and living godly lives yes and we are shepherding our our wives and our family you know towards heaven but mm-hmm. it is not for us as men to force submission on our wives that's what christ Mm. does christ works with the wife to submit Mm. not the man is forcing the woman to submit if we iron rod our women our own prayers to god will not be heard deep it Mm. so i'm now iron rodding my wife 
and I find myself in a very techy situation and I'm praying to God and God's just like, meh, sorry, <laughs> come on, man. It's not where we want to be as Christians. It's not where we want to be as men. Mm. I also want to um, highlight in that verse, like it says, treat them with respect. And I think that that's another thing. I feel like often when you hear conversations like this in the church, like we're presented with such a dichotomy between like love and respect like oh um women just need love and men need respect because men are inherently this and women are inherently this but i i was thinking about it and i was like really and truly like if you truly love someone are you not gonna respect them as well or do you not believe that they deserve respect i don't think the instructions of paula saying that women only need love and not respect or that men just need to be respected and and not shown some tlc do you know what i mean i, I feel like i agree because i feel like it's society has this way of um basically love is feminine essentially you know it, it to show to show love is feminine that's why you know when uh and <laughs> will be able to like probably relate to this you know when when the man they were together and like one of them's finally got a girl and he's all over his girl, all the man they were like, "Oh, you're so moist," because it yeah. seemed like it's kind of like this thing of like he's just loving that his girl. It's just seen as to be kind of like a feminine thing to do, but you know, mm. where to um Summer um. Walker? But twisting it, you know, guys need love too. Do you get <laughs> like? <laughs> I need a bit yeah. of love, you know. I said, you know, what do I look, mm. what do I look for in a wife? A wife that can love you, you know. Mm. The man, them, they, they need love too, man. Mm. I get, yeah, I get, I get what you mean about like the changing, you know, like, action. But with love being feminine, I think that it, you know, it transcends, you know, uh, the labels that society puts on it, um, because yeah. like ma- the the labels masculine and feminine. You know, those are societal things. Um, mm. um, Jesus said there's, there's no um, Jew nor Gentile, no, no man nor woman. So love love essentially comes from God, you know. So, um, yeah, and ultimately, you know, we're, submit, we're submitting ourselves unto God. Um, so, yeah, that thing, I think it comes from, um, like, um, love being feminine and, or masculine, you know, it comes from different places. It, like, it, it looks different. Um, yeah. The way that we see it looks different because like, you could say, oh, love is feminine, but is that, you know, what What does God mean when he says he loves us, you know? What, mm. you know? And how does, that, how does that feel? I mean, God's love, God's love feels different to a human love because, yeah. you know, because love, you know, it's, a, it's an emotion. Um, Conditional, man. Exactly. Um, it's, and it's also spiritual. So I guess on the fleshy level, we have uh, masculine and feminine love. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, God's love, which is spiritual. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's paramount. Um, it's, I got two things I want to just ask. Well, one thing to ask, one thing to contribute. The one thing I want to ask, this is like sort of relatively loaded, so I'm going to ask it and then we can think about it. We did an episode, our first episode of the season was about patriarchy. So how do we reconcile patriarchy, the definition from Cambridge being a society in which the oldest male is the leader of the family or a society controlled by men in which they use their power to their own advantage with biblical um, principles of a man leading a home? 
Like, how do we reconcile those two? Um, but then the thing I wanted to ask or contribute is I think when we think about love as masculine and feminine or love as like an emotion, it's very much something that society has constructed. I mean, we all use the word like social constructs all the time, but I'm reading a book by Bell Hooks called All About Love. And she said something like really profound um, in it right at the beginning of the first chapter. And she's like, we've conflated love and cathexis, I think. And cathexis is essentially like emotional investment in something or someone or an idea. So just because you're emotionally invested in something or someone does not actually mean that you love them. And she gave an example that that's why people are like, oh, he loves her so much or she loves him so much. That's why they abuse them or that's why they're so controlling. But that's not love because love is a mm. is a continual decision. That's cathexis. Like you have an emotional investment in someone, but you don't love them. And I think that's also where we get the ideas of like maybe like love being very like girly and things because it's a very emotional thing and women are often associated with sentimentality. But love as um, Jaziel so aptly said, is a divine thing. So it really, it's of no, it's of no gender or no sex or anything like that. And I think that's something I'm trying to like work on personally, like not just having significant emotional investment in someone, um, but actually being like, oh, I love you and being the, taking the actual steps and being conscious of like loving someone. Um, but yeah, back to the question, how do you reconcile me personally being fall, the fall of the patriarchy, anti-patriarch, um, at least how we understand it now with like biblical ideas of submission and leadership. I think um, it's actually quite interesting um, that sort of question um, because you know as as the word says you know it, the man is called to be the leader um, but I think it's very easy to look at leadership and forget everything else. So if we look at a team, just any random team, you know, you might be able to identify a leader of the team. However, there's other players in the team. Now, if there is a leader, but there is no team, is the person leading? Or are they just going in a direction by themselves? So whilst they cause, whilst Christ calls the man um, to be the leader of the home, you know, there are other roles that are as important in that family home as the person that's leading it. So for me, when I think about how I want my sort of life to, um, my household to be, you know, I think of, you know, if I was to go and say, for instance, on a, a long drive, you know, I'm driving from Torquay, so down by Exeter, and I'm driving, I'm driving to... Jazeel, he's all the way in Edinburgh. That's a long drive. We're talking about probably a six-hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I can go on that drive by myself. No music, no nothing. Dead, terrible drive. But if I bring my wife with me, yeah, my wife, she's going to be the orcs in the car. <laughs> Do you get she's going to be playing the music. She's going to be the person that's got the little snap bag and feeding me. Oh, you know the mum's coming clutch with that snap bag. <laughs> Do you know, feeding me the grapes on the side. Do you know what I mean? She's the prayer coordinator praying on the road as we travel. Lord, keep her safe on this road. Do you know what I mean? With Jesus at the sat-nav, he's the direction that we're going. He's guiding us. But she's praying. She's she's making sure that that, that everything works together. When it's time to go 
when they're running out of gas, she's the person, okay, let, let me jump out the car and let me let me fill up the car with petrol. She's also qualified to drive. As Mary Hannah says, you know, but God used donkeys. He used clouds. He also used women in the Bible. Women mm. are capable of leading mm. as well. So mm. as men, we also get tired. So when we are tired, our wives can support us. They can lift us up. They can also take the reins and lead for a period of time. That's also fine. And then we switch over and I carry on driving and we switch over and you carry on driving and we switch over and we carry on driving. It's a team. Yes, the mm. guys are leadership, but we all have parts. That, that There's cogs, you know, and if, we, if it doesn't work together and we're not working together, then the relationship is a bit void, you know, because I am mm. going in one direction and you're going in the other. So that's the way I see it. Mm. Can I maybe jump in, jump in. while Jazeel connects his thoughts? Because when we were um, talking about um, feminism and patriarchy, etc., in our episode, I think one thing that's really important to highlight, um, for you mentioned that man and woman were given dominion over the animals. And that tells me that it's not... The system that we have now, patriarchy as we understand it, in many parts of the world especially because i think sometimes we get locked up in our own um unique western perspective of how how things look here but in many places in the world it's dominion that's what the system is it's dominion of man over woman and that's not what the case is supposed to be even as far as you you take the you know man being in a leadership position in the bible lead and like what regardless of what your thoughts are on that and how far you are on this scale from you know egalitarian to whatever the other one is called (laughs) it's not the same as dominion also i think that patriarchy the way we see it played out in the world today has very very harmful consequences like we're saying we have a very narrowly western view but patriarchy um in many parts of the world equates to female genital mutilation it can have horrible consequences Mm. like you know uh rape and all these all these terrible things i think if what we're talking about now is a godly unit we we need to remember the godly part i think if if what we our definition of patriarchy that we've taken it okay the cambridge definition is pretty mild and objective but it's the sub patriarchy as we live through it is the subjective experiences of people but god standard of godliness is an objective standard of righteousness do you you get what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. the leadership within the home i don't think can be or should be equated with the patriarchy that we see in this world because the patriarchy in this world is something that is very harmful and dangerous and very toxic and even i think has really negative consequences on on men as well because i think it 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 puts expectations and pressures on men it diminishes men who can't be seen as this hyper masculine provider it makes men suppress their feelings and and you know what they might be going through mentally etc like and stuff like that but i think if if god's will and his righteousness is at the center of the home those negative things shouldn't be able to influence or impact what that relationship looks like right right can i can i just ask do you, um, Mary Hannah, do you think that the responsibility falls to the man, as in the, at the end, um, like, responsibility of the family, do you think that falls on the man? Like, ultimately? Do you mean financially? 
or no, in terms of no, in terms of um, like like the general leadership of the home. Yeah, yeah, general leadership of the home. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's something that I think I've really wrestled with, which is why a couple of minutes ago, or probably like ten minutes ago, I said if I ever get there, because I was telling the babes, I'm so ready to be a single adopted mom because <laughs> I can't be dealing with this <laughs> for real. Yeah. Submission thing still. Um, but on a serious note, I think when I think about how leadership responsibility falls, I, t- I take my parents as an example. I think they have a very traditional marriage in terms of like my dad being a leader X, Y, Z. But my mom's role has never been diminished in mm. their relationship. Like my mother very much is the one who knows what's going on in the budget. She manages the investments. You know, she does all of that sort of sort of thing. And so I think... Does the responsibility fall on the man? I I personally don't think so. And I was telling the girls yesterday again that when I think of like the responsibility falling on the man in all sort of spheres of the familial marital life, to me, and this just might be 20-year-old Mary Hannah speaking and I'll come back and listen to this and be like, I was wrong. To me, it just sounds like you're abdicating the role of the wife to secondary, not just in terms of like leading Mm. the family, but in terms of like being able to receive and hear from God. Because if I've lived my entire life like okay being under the leadership of my family or my parents rather and like being in communities like with my friends and things like that and going to church cool and having mentors but primarily it's like me and God speaking about my life and what I want to do and my purpose and all of things those sort of things and then I get married to me it sort of sometimes feels like then the man will so like the man now becomes God's mouthpiece and he what God says to him he just confirms through me, but I also want to hear what God is saying. Like, I'm not sure if that's making sense in terms of the whole no. picture. So I wouldn't want responsibility necessarily to just fall to the man because I think, again, when it comes to like kids, it's not a woman who raises a kid or a man who raises a kid. It's a parent. Like, mm. it's both of you together. It's parents. So I, I don't know. That's something I'm wrestling with because I'm just like... I, I don't really know what's, like, what's going on. But. <laughs> no, for real. I, f- I feel like as well, like, we have three quite strong-headed... <laughs> babes so it's 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 very difficult to like sit and say how it how we would definitely feel about it within a um marriage context and really quickly before um Giselle, i think you had a point but i think ultimately it also comes down to a question of like a broader question of how we see this whole thing about whether leadership in the home is a question of like calling as in are you the leader by virtue of being, being a male a man. Yes. or is it qualification as in you're a leader who is a leader by virtue of mm-hmm. you having these qualities and i think you know immediately some people would jump to oh it's you know it's the man that, because he's a man camp but i think that don't sit well with me uh, but is it is it uh, right to, yeah, <laughs> to I submit agree, to a husband who is not godly do you know what i mean and not just even that i just feel like what if you're a sheep in your real life you want to lead me in my home what's going on like i yeah. don't know real, like as in me ex acs prez what's gonna happen i think when you look at submission though as um i think submission is enabling for both parties you know it's not it's not something that I feel like the moment that it becomes limiting, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a problem. You know, yeah. the submit, I feel like we, you know, I can't remember who said, I don't know if it was one of her or um, Mary Hannah that said, we confuse submission with surrender. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, submission is not, you know, and the Lord, I wake up in the morning and the Lord told me that I'm going to, 
take two grand out of the family budget to go and get myself some Gucci gums. <laughs> <laughs> and that runs. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like that's not that's not what that's not what it's about. And I feel I feel like when we look at leadership, it's how we it, you can't lead. <laughs> it's very simple without people behind you. So mm-hmm. how can someone submit to you when they don't even they're not there's nothing for them to submit to so <laughs> as a as a as, as a as a male as a man as a man of god for me when i talk about my wife submitting it's actually her having her own way really and truly she respects me of course there's things that i propose sure that i would like to be done but apart from that my wife lives her life as she wants to live it because as the bible speaks about more often than it speaks about women submitting themselves to things it's about me submitting myself to my wife the bible speaks about men kissing the feet of their wives my wife technically runs the show (laughs) she She runs it (laughs) <laughs> Whatever she wants to do, she can do. I would. I, I can't see myself, as long as it's, you know, sensible, of course, but I can't see myself, you know, limiting my wife. If you want to go on this venture, do it. If you want to go on that trip, go. If you want to take the budget to do something sensible, take the budget to do something sensible. You want to take the kids here, go and do, like, literally, go and do, live your life. It's... I feel like if you're in a marriage where it's caged, then it's almost as if, you know, you have to go and ask your husband, can I breathe? Can I, do you know what I mean? Can I do, like, it's, it's not the case. We'll fight on that day. Of course, no, really. you know, we were you know, wrong. <laughs> we have to lock us both up. There's conversa- no, there's conversations for discussion. So, um, like, yeah, I don't even, yeah. to be fair, I, I do watch a bit of reality TV. So one of my favourite couples <laughs> on reality TV, it has to be, um, does anyone watch Married to Medicine here? No. no, Married to Medicine. I've heard it though. Yeah, Married I've to Medicine, of course, Mary Hannah Atlanta has to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, one of my favourite couples is um, Dr. Heavenly and um, Dr. Damien. And she always speaks about submission, 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 submission. And there was a time, basically, where she wanted to um, she wanted to open her own business, a new dental practice, basically. And um, her husband's only concern was what about the kids essentially because you know he has he has of course he has his hands in the kids but and the way their relationship is set up that she does a lot of the you know the school pickups and all of that stuff and she came to him and says babes this is the plan i'm gonna do this 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 i'm gonna put this in place and what did he say he said go and do it then and Mm -hmm. for me that's what submission looked like like you she respects me enough to not just do something without asking me. But at the same time, she has her own vision. She has her own hope. She has her own dreams. She's a woman. Like, for me, ambition is is that... The, ambition intelligence. That that stuff is everything to me. So mm. I would, don't think I could ever limit my wife in the way that people take the text as in leadership to, as, as I said, iron rod women. It's wrong. It's not how the Bible 
once Jesus was a servant in his leadership. That was his leadership style. Servanthood. Mm-hmm. He served. Mm-hmm. Let me actually, as a man, let me serve my wife. Let me meet her needs. We talked about love languages. We didn't even go deep into that. Let me meet my wife at her love language. Mm. If I'm doing all these things, my it I promise you, I feel like obviously I, I haven't put it into practice yet. But I feel like if I am loving my wife the way how Christ loves the church, I'm meeting her love languages, I'm listening to her, I'm providing for her, she will submit in the way how Christ will want her to submit. Because what else would be her reason not to? Simple as that. Yeah, um, so from from Samuel's point, I, um, I think that you know the role you know roles of the man and the wife are equally as important um and with the thing of patriarchy that you know there's like there can be like a power trip and the idea that um because you're the leader you can um like tell tell anyone what they want to you know you know tell anyone you know whatever you want like like as Sam was saying, like it's not the man's like responsibility to say, okay, on Friday we're having pizza, even though the wife has cooked, <laughs> the wife has cooked um, salmon. But he said, no, we're having pizza on Friday. <laughs> it's not. That's not what the man is not there to um, like enforce his own opinion. Um, he's there to support, you know, support the framework of the family. Um, and also support support the woman in her role as well. Um, you know that's part that's part of leadership. Um, yeah. Um, so and also it's quite like a, it's like quite a, um, a paradox because like with the with the man you you kind of submitting yourself to responsibility in the sense that mm. with patriarchy and like the negative connotations of it, um, that's not submitting yourself to responsibility that's like that's not you're not really from a biblical perspective it's not living out the way in which um god has set out for us um, and asked us to um ask us to lead so yeah i feel like the role yeah roles of roles of men and women are equally as important but i, I do believe that you know it is it's a man's role to lead um, yeah. I also wanted to touch really briefly, because um, I know we've been on this question for a bit, um, about what Mary Hannah, you said about how, you know, as a as a young woman growing up, you know, your relationship with God is like you and him and you're hearing from him and, and God speaks to us in a number of ways. So then the idea that once you enter into marriage, it's like God speaks to the man and the woman is just kind of like... Um, the prayer warrior who's like supporting her husband's endeavors i i don't think that that should be the case and i have heard some people speak about submission in that way in terms of like the husband is the spiritual head of the home in the sense that he's he's the one hearing from god and then steering the ship according to what god said to him because firstly like as we were saying last night in our group chat i think not having anyone on earth to be accountable to whatsoever 
is kind of a dangerous position because mm. you know like so many people these days will just be like god said this or god told me this with no basis just vibes just their <laughs> own opinion and i think if you kind of let that power get to your head and your only justification is god said this to me and that who, who's going to check you no one and mm. you're just leading us into disaster i think that's wrong also i think it's important to note biblical examples of like we were speaking about um you know in the case of like jacob and esau um mm. like isaac and rebecca like didn't know like what basically when rebecca was pregnant like there was a lot going on in her belly and she asked god she was like yo what's going on like this doesn't feel nice and then god basically revealed to her that although jacob was going to be the younger child although in like israelite culture it was the case that the the child that comes out first would be like the the one who gets the birthright and like you know has all these yeah. um special privileges she it was god revealed to her that even though jacob was going to come out second like he was going to be the one to to rule over esau and he was going to be the one to carry on the succession and i think that in itself just kind of debunks this idea that only the man can be the spiritual spiritual center of the home and that everything Mm -hmm. else flows through his spiritual interpretation because like god revealed that to her and isaac didn't even realize that that was the case until after jacob had already stolen esau's birthright and was on (laughs) his way now to go and uh wrestle on the ladder and all the things that jacob did and it was only after that point that isaac kind of said to esau oh i've already given this birthright to jacob and i realized like he was the one that it was intended for the whole time and so i think whenever we want to think about what marriage is meant to to look like i think we should remember that god didn't create women just to be psychics or doorsteps like he made me into a full person a person who can achieve my full extent of my fullness in him and all that personhood and all this work that he's done in me for the I don't know maybe I'm gonna pray for like 28 years of life before I get married (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna just be like diminished and stripped away you know I feel like that it's in a way insulting to God that he can you know knit me together in my mother's womb and spend all this time building me up and molding me and shaping me into the the picture of of him just for that to be consumed into the work that he did on someone else like what would then be the point you know and like people want to take it back to genesis and like i think we've definitely said this in like five episodes but i won't stop saying it till everybody knows even when eve was created the word for helper is the same word that is used for god leading the israelites out of israel is you know what i mean it's not some psychic it's not some hype man it's not dj khaled in the back going <laughs> dj khaled while rihanna does her thing like i'm a full person in christ and i think that you need to respect that marriage is two whole people coming together I, to make an even wholer thing i have a question actually um for you three um uh, i view you guys um obviously i've known you guys roughly for about like two years um or so and i view all three of you to be high flyers, ambitious women. Um, and I feel that talking about patriarchy and the role of the man and the role of the woman, like y'all are some really wavy girls. Um, and in the sense that you might end up in a position where let's move spiritually aside, but um, financially, let's say for instance, um, you guys might be in a position where 
you might be the financial lead of the house. Um, what is what's your opinion on that and how that fits into um, <laughs> into the sort of whole you know the male hierarchy and the man being the leader as God calls him of the household? What 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 do you, what do you guys think about that? I've, I actually talked to my parents about this, and um, my thing is, like as a person, I'm not very like money doesn't mean too much to me apart from just ease of life. Mm-hmm. But I'm not very uh, I don't value money when it's in excess. Mm-hmm. But it's just oh, I don't know because I if I take from my family, there's some times where um, like my parents. It's ne- never like how much does each earn. It's just like our money, and that's how I've always seen things. Things when it comes to family, like this is our money. So I don't know, but I I feel like it gets very sticky when um the man feels like, inferior. Yeah, inferior. But then that's a you problem. Not Period, me. though. No, because, for real. As because in, other things you can knew make, my job when you met me. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where like inferiority just doesn't only come from finance. If it if it's not finance, it could be attention. If it's not attention, yeah. it could be like someone's getting a promotion mm. or just someone's happiness. Mm. But mm. I I think ultimately. To be honest, like with the whole marriage thing, I don't really like to stress myself out because. Like, I'd rather be alone than be with someone I don't like. Oh, period. It's better so, to be alone than be disgraced. No, yeah. really. That's where to whatever Nollywood film that stress. came from. <laughs> so. Amen, man. That's a good mindset. That's a good mindset. Oh, that's, that's so good, good Ayanfa. That's so good, babe. But what do you guys think? Muniba, honey, go after you. I'm so trying to get <laughs> We all know I want to retire at 32, so... Well, uh, amen. In Jesus' name, we will not, we will amen, not work... No, we will not work the for the rest of our lives. I do not dream of labour. However, <laughs> if this grad job needs to see me through for another few years... Now, let me stop playing. The thing is, I am aware that I'm in a position, like, immediately leaving uni where... I'm not going to lie, like, the Lord did bless me with a fruitful job. Well, okay? amen. And... It, he blessed Samuel too. Everybody okay. say hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, but the thing is, yeah, I have to also highlight what I am said. Like over the past year, like if you know me, I've been on just this uh, transformation, and money definitely doesn't mean as much to me as it used to. Um, however, like I, I do think financial stability is important. Like I don't want to suffer in this life. Amen. Like I want to be able to provide for my my children and and those types of things and i think the exact like salary doesn't matter necessarily but for me like ambition and passion are big things so like Mm -hmm. if it's a case of i'm earning more than you because you just don't want to be doing anything i mean how would we even be married in the first place (laughs) it wouldn't get to that point where would you even cross paths do you think it takes away from um the the godly leadership if he is not leading financially, MH, you take this one. You've been you've been awful quiet. <laughs> I love me a house husband for real. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, on a serious note, um, just exactly what the girls have said. I always say I fear rich men. Like money for me is just a resource, and I should not spend my life chasing a resource. So if you're chasing a bag, what's really going on? Your priorities, to, in, to my, in my opinion, are all out of whack. Like it's a resource. Why are you chasing a resource? Anyway, but um, aside from that, 
<laughs> I feel like mm, I would. I've never seen it as sort of a an issue personally because mm. I feel like mm. I'm. What, what does like what will that mean for me? I'm just not gonna want to get a good job so that you feel better or whatever future husband feels better. Like that's literally limiting what God could do for me for someone who at this point doesn't mm. exist or I don't know. Um, and then even when we are together, like just for your ego, as I said, if you're insecure in finances, then that's not that it's not just going to be in that area. I spoke someone I was speaking to or dating, whatever. He asked his friends that question, like, um, how would you feel about your girlfriend earning more than you or your wife earning more than you? And they were like, oh, that's fine for me. And I'm just like, y'all are bums. Like that. <laughs> I was like, for me, y'all are so dumb. And I didn't really mean it. But I think there's a bit of tension if you're. In a union, I feel like you should always, not trying to be, wanting up one another is not the right word, but you should thrive off of each other's ambition and your successes. Mm. And I don't mean that necessarily financially, but if me personally, if I'm just like, oh, I'm all right, like in my graduate scheme job and my boyfriend or husband is progressing well, like I would feel like, why am I comfortable just not growing while some the person I'm with is growing? Like stagnancy and growth, they're not going to go well. So that's how I personally feel about it. I just think that you should both be having the same financial goals ultimately. And however you contribute that is to that is however you contribute to it. If someone earns more, someone earns less. If you keep separate accounts, joint accounts, however you contribute to that, I think every marriage will be different. But I think the most important thing is to have the same financial goals. And if it does become an issue where like you feel like money is a deep thing, then jazz up and get a better job from That's it. Mm-hmm. Simeon, what do you think? Um... I mean, I've always said, you know, if my wife is bringing home the serious coin, I'm going to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> You're not serious. And the reason why I'm staying at home is not because, like, ever, as people know, I'm, I'm still educated. I'm not a bum, you know. Mm. I've got my degree. I've got my thing. You know, there is, there's a lot to speak for someone that manages the household as well. It's not a small job. Yeah. Um, and um, as I said, I'm, I'm quite intelligent, so it's not just managing the household. I have my little side businesses on the side and all of that stuff um, because I'm a real hustler, just like that. But I think for me, I grew up in a house where my mom earns more than my dad. Uh, my dad's a pastor, so his salary is. Shout out to Pastor Jackson. Yeah, his salary is, is not incompatible to, to my mom. Uh, and so. I, I've seen it work, so it's not really a big issue to me. Yeah. Um, naturally, I feel like there's something within me, though, naturally. Um, and this is just personal for me, where I do want to... I do sort of want to earn a serious bag um, to look after my family. I, I would always love yeah. to put my wife in a position, as much as you know she was earning a serious bag, I would love to be able to put my wife in a position where I can say to her, listen, babes, you don't have to go to work. Um, and if she wants to she chooses to go to work that's absolutely fine but if mm-hmm. that's just something that I would like to do um, mm-hmm. but um, just of it, course we pray to hear that one day a- amen, <laughs> amen. <laughs> I pray, I pray we, for that too we're tired bro but, um, <laughs> do I think it takes away from my um, godly um, idea of leadership no um, because the Lord didn't call me to lead the finances um, mm. he called me to lead the home um, and lead them to Christ Um Money's fickle, jobs are fickle, all of that stuff is fickle. Um, 
Mm. We can't take anything off that to heaven. Um, I also, as much as, you know, we're talking about chasing the bag and we're all on this call, we want to do well. It's not, it's none of us that wants to be broke in this life, let's be honest. But at the same (laughs) time, when the time of trouble comes and your bank account is not working, let there be 50p in there or let there be 500,000 in there. You're not having access to any of it. So, as you know, we've talked about, and all of you, the, the sentiment that's been shared is really about your character and what you have inside you as a person. Um, and so, it doesn't take away um, from that leadership. Um, but it, it, I think it, it's, it's a factor that I feel that a lot of people underplay in their relationships, uh, financial roles and pressures. I think it's quite big. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't feel like any of us will know actually how it feels until we're sort of in the relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, all three of you, as I said, you know, you're all like really strong, ambitious, strong-headed women. Um, I do predict though, if you are really bringing in the bag, um, I feel like you're, I feel like you're going to get tired naturally i'm already tired bro yeah same. <laughs> literally same. Not even over. Same. honestly i'm ready to retire like same same I'm ready. genuine like um and we, one of the reasons why i work hard is so my kids don't have to work as hard as i did because this is tiring but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> i just think um that you know um it, it, it's hard it's hard to say and it's hard to really predict when you're not necessarily in that position um, but I'd like to think that I'd be okay with it. I think, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we've spoken a little bit about kind of patriarchy, men in the home, those type of things. But how would you guys define godly manhood and masculinity, as opposed to maybe worldly or earthly manhood and masculinity? Well, um. Firstly, I think that manhood and masculinity are two different things. Because yeah. um, manhood, um, I'd say, is the, the action of being a man. And, like, um, you know, yeah, your action of being a man. And then masculinity, um, you know, displaying the attributes that God has intended that a, that a man should act, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so, like, in manhood, um, I feel like a godly example of manhood, um, the prime example is Jesus um, and how he um, acted in service um, and also, you know, showing his responsibility to, to, and need to help um, help the church. And so, um, and in terms, of, in terms of masculinity, you know, you know, into, like as I said, as I said, um, you know, just displaying the attributes that God intended how how a man should act. So I, so when I think about that, I think about Joseph um, um, and Mary, mm-hmm. and how you know, because for for men, I feel like reputation is a big thing, um, mm-hmm. and and when so when he heard that Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Um, he it says that he planned to um, divorce her quietly. So, 
in, in doing that, he was, you know, he, he was willing to um, let go of his reputation because he would have been seen as leaving Mary and the child alone instead of openly divorcing her and so leaving her in shame. He was like foregoing his reputation. So in that, yeah, I'd say um, it's, it's, um, it's an example of um, sacrifice. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say godly, godly, godly masculinity is sacrifice. Um, mm. that word, 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 word. Serious clicks all round. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thanks to Sam and Jaziel for all your wise words. And we really hope that you guys learned something new or saw things from a new perspective. But... Uh, tell us what you think in our anonymous Google form and our DMs as well. Uh, yeah, so you can find us at Let God Podcast on all our social medias and make sure to catch up on our previous episodes as well and share with whoever you think this uh, podcast will be really helpful for. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.